One of the best parts about doing this show for over a year now is every so often we get to take a look back, to size things up in the past with a lens of the present. When we covered Apple's worldwide developer conference in 2022, it's impossible to ignore that things just seemed different. Maybe it was the Cupertino spaceship still shaking off the pandemic blues, or simply the year was a midway stop towards plans that just hadn't gotten there yet. Regardless of the cause, we spent over an hour talking future offerings, hypotheticals, and maybe even a piece or two of good old-fashioned vaporware, looking at you, next-gen CarPlay. But if that was the tone of WWDC 2022, then 2023 can only be described as, come and get it. The most loved laptop in the world gains a bigger screen and an even more aggressive price point that you can buy next week. Some of the most powerful desktops in their class picked up new processors and new bounds of expandability that you can pre-order right now. And every platform from iOS to your Apple Watch learn new tricks that you can try for yourself in public beta form as soon as next month. All that and Team Apple still wasn't quite done yet, because after two hours plus of breakneck announcements and infomercial goodness, we still had time for one more thing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And I'm Cody Siscano. And we're here. It's been a year. I can't believe it. No. Um, yeah, right. It, it, it's, it's announcement season. You know, we have gadget season down in the fall that runs into the holidays and whatnot. But this is about summertime. You know, CES kicks off the year, as we've talked about. A few tend to trickle through the spring. But it, when we get into this high summertime, uh, you know, we had Google I.O. just a few weeks ago. Microsoft Build happened recently where... I never knew the letters A and I could be said so many times oh in, in yeah. 90 minutes, but this yep. is not a Microsoft cover uh, episode. So we are here to talk Apple's 2023 Worldwide Developers Conference. And um, this is definitely one of those events. And I feel like we've said this before, but this might be the clearest example of you could be forgiven several times through the event for forgetting the letter D. Was, yeah, <laughs> was in, uh, or at least that it wasn't the worldwide devices, um, because because really, yeah. um, it's a big, it's a, it was a big event for Apple. They needed an event like this. I, I do think in a big way. And I don't mean yeah. in an existential way. I don't mean oh my god, Apple's in trouble because you can just basically load up slash dot any time of the day if you want to see a Apple's about to burn to the ground episode. Um, right. Yeah. Love you guys at slash dot. Just uh, you know, couldn't resist yeah, just because my Apple gosh, so the flame. No, the flames yeah. were so high yesterday following yeah, the event. I could was. not resist. But um, no, seriously, it was. Eric and I were talking a little bit after the event. Cody, I know you guys were chatting a bit also. Mm -hmm. And this was just one of those bleedingly confident classic Apple events. It really, really was. And we don't always get these. Apple's yeah. rarely on their back foot, but they are also almost as rarely charging forward on all cylinders. And that's not to say what was announced was perfect or necessarily even good because we haven't used it yet in any meaningful right. way. But I guess the major narrative I wanted to bring to today's conversation about the event was I really struggled to think of an area or an offering or a vertical that they're involved in that didn't have some kind of presence and that's the rare part because Apple's so wide anymore. They touch mm -hmm. so many places. Used to be you could get some people together, talk the Mac, talk some iPod, and you know, 
maybe we'll make a phone someday. And that was the there whole was, event. You you found you just found the piece that they didn't talk about was the iPod. But <laughs> well, um, fair enough. I meant but, active no, verticals. Yeah, I also didn't talk right. to Lisa either. So I'm, um, they the thing that I that I takeaway that I had from it was it felt like it was three Apple events rolled into one. Yeah, it was the, just the amount point. of content, the amount of announcements that they had. It felt like three things in one because they literally, you know, they touched on, you know, laptops, desktops, they, you know, and then the operating systems, they announced new technology, you know, it was like, is everything. I mean, they really, they touched on everything. So we can, I mean, I guess we can dive in, right? I mean, they, I, I mean there's a lot to, they, they did a lot of announcements. So I think yeah. mostly expected announcements, right? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a good point. The leak machine is very active over there. There's they don't they don't keep many secrets anymore. And I don't know if that's by design or if if it's just I, I was gonna say, I don't know how much of that they've always had a culture of secrecy for sure that also leaked like a sieve. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, the leaks are so borderline strategic anymore. I can't help I know. believe that everywhere they, too. Yeah. They accept I mean, that at their scale, at their supply line, at their design, they, they, they know the humans are going to exist. And I truly do believe they've just leaned all the way into, we're just going to make this part of our marketing machine. Yeah. yeah. It'll I mean, just keep the hype going yeah. early before the event and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely seems that way. I mean, I know there was, there was some news that came out, a little while ago about somebody that got busted leaking from Apple because yep. they apparently gave, they sent out several different announcements to their internal teams that were worded differently. And oh, then, was, yeah. and then they, <laughs> you know, they tracked where the leak came from based on the wording in the article that was released, mm-hmm. like some specific specs or something that they changed, you know, so they were able to track it. And so, I mean, they're, they're trying to stop something, but you know, I mean, it's obviously not working because yeah. every announcement that they had on here, at least, Device wise, we we'd heard right. rumors about, and, which, and they were pretty accurate rumors. Which iPhone was the one that the guy had at a bar before iPhone four? That was that was, four. That, yeah. that was the iPhone four. Absolutely, I will never forget that announcement yeah. or the lead up to it for the rest. Steve Jobs, yeah. I want my phone back. I, yeah, I just, that's that, incredible. Oh, uh, but anyway, Eric, to your to your point, yeah. this was also this was a heavy event. Mm-hmm. I mean, you to fair being fair, you dropped the hammer on Google pretty hard for a long IO yeah. a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I haven't gone back to look minute for minute, but this felt heavier. Maybe it was just because it was well, so it dense, was it was du- it was longer. It was at least double the length of the last Apple event. Yeah. So I mean, because it, it was a full. This event was a full two hours. I feel like it was kind of needed in a way. Like I think people were kind of hungry yeah. for. For this kind of stuff, and again, it is a developer conference, and they're, you know, this is the, the thing that I always forget is this feels like it should be the end of the worldwide developers conference, but it's actually just the beginning. It started. This is how they start it, and that now all the developers are there digging deeper into the software behind all of this hardware and all of the future software offerings and how they can use it in their products, and you know they're just getting started with all this stuff. So yeah. And what's interesting is they they let out with what, what I what I referenced earlier was WWDC is not always a hardware event. Yeah, um, there's been years where they didn't announce any, any, and there have been years where that's all there was to say because the software yeah. was lacking. This was I do feel a good spectrum, but let, let's start with the hardware because Apple did. Um, yep. mm-hmm. and, well, some of the hardware. 
Um, and, and, and for good reason, because it was mostly, if not all hardware that frankly, you can buy pretty gosh darn soon. And the one that their opening salvo was the one that I continue to think is going to have the most impact to the most people, because I remain on record that the MacBook air that came out last year. So the, the, the newer 13.5 inch M2 MacBook air is one of the best laptops I have ever owned. From a mm-hmm. balance perspective, from a portability, design, sturdiness, aesthetics, per- all of it. It's just, it is a great machine at 13.5 inches. And a lot of people want bigger screens. People love big screens. That, that's just a fact. You look at phone buying habits, TV buying habits, computer buying habits. Yep. People like big screens. Mm-hmm. Um, they really love cheap big screens. Uh, now, I'm, of course, going to stop short of calling anything with a comma in it cheap, but there is some price play going on here that I, I guess if there was a surprise to me in this announcement, it was on the pricing side of it. But let's let's talk about yeah. the computer first. So we've got a – it is the M2 MacBook Air, if you've used one, that, that we know and love. Um, M2 processor, it's now a 15 – and a half inch display or 15.3, I think it is, um, inch yeah. display, but Eric, just north of three pounds, right? 3.3 so, pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, lighter than the 14 inch MacBook pro substantially right. lighter than the 16 inch because it's right in the middle of those two. And ba- frankly, to date, if you wanted an Apple laptop with a big screen on it, quote unquote, big being north of 15 inches. You, it was the 16 inch pro was your option. It was, it started $2,500. Right. Yeah. See, for the, for the base with not enough of anything. <laughs> yes. So that's, that's a leap of a few hundred dollars from the 14 inch MacBook pro from the 14 to the 16. But if you were jumping from the air, which originally started down at that 12, $1,300 price point, Double. um, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about doubling down on your money to get two extra inches out of the display that was not worth it to the vast majority of people, um, or three extra inches. But regardless, it's just to have this 15-inch option in there is like I, my prediction is going to be it is it is going to be the sweet spot for so many people because it is thin. It's relatively light. 18 hours of projected battery yeah, that's life. that's the big yeah, thing. I mean, that's just huge. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't lie. That's the thing. That's not yeah, a... No. We've we've tested these. You've used your your M2 MacBook Air, yeah. and it it lasts all day. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it's all day battery on a laptop. Out of that thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, genuinely, you know, a called a normal eight to five day. I don't know what I could do in an eight to five day to kill my M2 Air fully charged. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know what workload I would throw at it. That isn't like a purpose-built torture test. I mean, using it how I use a laptop, which is harder mm-hmm. than most people. Real I'm not world, doing CAD. Yeah. I'm not doing production, anything like that, but just real world, like upper echelon office type work um, with some media consumption and, and you know Zoom conferences, things like that. I still don't know what I could do to kill it in an eight to five day. I, I really, really don't. Yeah. And you um, can't, and you do, and you know, the, the aside on that is you can't do that on the pros on the MacBook pros. Cause I, I have the, 
I have the 14 inch I know exactly how to kill my 14 inch pro. Yeah, (laughs) and it it does not last like that. It doesn't have that kind of battery life just because the processor is so much more. If you're, if you're asking the processor to step up, I mean, those M, those M processors check up and check down really, really well. But if you're asking the processor to work, which you likely are, if you're using a pro, it is going, that work is going to come at the cost of battery. I've heard, because I do not have an M2 pro. I've heard that was one of the bigger leaps. It was marginal in performance with the battery efficiency at yeah. workload was noticeable. Um, and we'll get into some stuff there also. But back back to the air, though, the using the 13-inch air as an example, because it's what I've got, and projecting that onto this 15-inch air, because I believe they're going to be very comparable experiences, just at different sizes. Um, Eric, you and I were talking about this, this some yesterday. It's not their best display. It's 60 no, hertz. It's, a 60 it's not hertz their, display, yeah. it's not their mm, brightest yeah. display. It's 500 nits. But I will tell you, and this is anyone who's listened to more than eight minutes of this show knows I am a tan my skin with my screen, um, you know, make my eyeballs bleed like with refresh rate and brightness. Like I love a great display. Mm-hmm. There is something <laughs> different about the display that is in the 13 inch air. It is one of the only displays most importantly at refresh rate that I, I actually have to have my air and my pro side by side to see the refresh rate difference. I'm not enough of a display expert to know why that is different from so many other displays where I can clock it from across a room that that's a 60 Hertz display. Mm -hmm. Um, but really I, I genuinely use my air just out of a matter of practicality three times as much as my pro because my pro never leaves the house. That mm-hmm. is what I produce this show on. It's what I do a lot of personal work on. Like my air is my goes everywhere work laptop. And as a result, I spend probably four or five times as much time on it throughout the course of a normal week. And it's very, very rare that I'll go and pick up the pro and be like, man, I wish I had this display with me all the time. And that's not to say that mini LED display on the pro is really nice. Brilliant. But so I'm not downplaying its quality. What I'm saying is I truly don't know what is different about the display on the air that even though it is not the brightest, even though it is not the fastest, it still compares favorably to almost every other laptop screen that I use throughout my week or, or tablet or anything else that's running at 60 Hertz. It's mm-hmm. just different, which gives me a lot of positive hope for this 15 inch. Cause I, w- I would imagine they'd be using the same display tech, just two inches bigger. Just, yeah. I mean, just, just larger. Yeah. That, that would just track. Um, even the 500, I mean, 500 nits of brightness, first of all, is not a dim display by a long shot. Yeah. It's just not the thousand nits of brightness that we get from the mini led display on, on yeah. the pros. Um, there are, you could walk into your local Best Buy and find a plethora of not even cheap, you know, mid range, which is what the air technically is, is a mid range laptop, um, not entry level by long shot, but certainly not pro level. Um, a lot of those quote unquote other devices that are sitting in that three in, in about 300 nits of brightness. Yeah, so 500 is. Yeah, three, 500 is not a dim display. It's just hard to, pun intended, hold a candle to the thousand nit plus that you get out yeah. of those mini LED displays, which is A, profit margin, but B, hardware cost. One of the reasons why the pro laptops are so expensive. Yep. It is a it is a higher you know tier product, but we talked about price because there's there's shockingly not a 
ton else to say about this laptop because we already no, know the I mean, M2 yeah, Air the same is thing. It's just bigger. This is yeah. just the bigger one. It's got the same two um, Thunderbolt USB-C ports. It's got a headphone jack. Woohoo. It's a genuine <laughs> woohoo, by the way. Not sarcastic. Yeah. Um, it's got MagSafe. I, I continue to think bring, bringing back MagSafe was one of the most brilliant things Apple's done in the laptop space for a long time because it was one of my original, I will have a MacBook because of this features. I adore, yeah. I've loved MagSafe ever since the little barrel shaped one that was mm-hmm. on uh, the MacBooks 15 years ago. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, USB-C is great. I like it, but there's something about MagSafe. Like I just, it's, it's, it's nice it make, to use. It makes yeah. sense for, for a, a mobile device to have mm-hmm. something that can break away. If you accidentally just pick it up for getting the cables in there and it just pops off and then you, oh, that's right. It was plugged or in. I'm really glad I didn't just break or... my USB-C port. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But absolutely. no, you're right, John. The, the biggest thing about this, I thought again, was the price and not even necessarily yes. the price for this device that they announced. Which is which was a big deal to begin with. Yeah, but yeah. Well, the let's start there. It's twelve ninety nine for a fit for right. a, for everything we just said. Twelve ninety nine. If that price sounds familiar, it should because <laughs> yeah. and keep going, Eric. <laughs> yeah, because that price was the price of the thirteen inch M two when it launched. So they've now lowered the price of the thirteen inch M two by two hundred dollars, and it's now a thousand and ninety nine to start. And they still have the old M one hundred dollars cheaper starting at nine ninety nine if you wanna if you wanna start sub a thousand dollars. But I mean I do have to say something you, about that. Why wouldn't yeah, you spend I, the extra hundred bucks? That is <laughs> no. that yeah. is such that is such a sticker play. That is yeah. we've said this on the show before. They needed something without a comma in it. Yeah. And I also realize no one is gonna go buy that computer at nine ninety nine. It is regularly gonna be bought for eight forty nine or eight ninety nine. Heck, I could I could believe it hitting seven ninety nine at some oh, yeah. Black Friday, whatever sale this year. Yeah. So yeah, if you will. need a cheap, genuinely cheap, great laptop, that'll be a great option. But we've said this on the show before, and I just want to reinforce it here more than ever. At ten ninety nine, that thirteen inch air is the single best deal in computing today, bar none, hands down. Save your dollars, save your nickels, get the M2, get the new one. Because you had had the teardrop air. It's a great laptop. It's fantastic. It ran circles around my, my i7 desktop. Mm-hmm. With double the RAM, you know, it was it just it ran circles around it. So yeah, I just I still feel very strongly that if you can't get that the the M1 Air for I'm, I'm thinking two fifty three hundred cheaper than the M2 Air, it is worth the even definitely the hundred like at at sticker the one hundred dollar price. That's why I say it's a sticker play. There yeah. is no equation where there's not a hundred dollars worth of difference. I'm sorry, not more than a hundred dollars worth of difference oh, yeah. between those two laptops. Definitely. Um, so I'm, I'm going to, you know, again, steal from Joanna Stern real quick from God, how many years ago at this point, the MacBook air. And by that, I mean the M2 remains and now is so more than it has been in years, the laptop for everyone. If you need a laptop for work and can get away with a Mac, if you need a laptop for school, if you need a laptop because you want a laptop, like mm-hmm. this yeah. is, if you are not doing genuine pro level workloads, which most people are even not. then, yeah, yeah, slow people. down and think about what that actually means to you, because the number of people that actually genuinely are hitting those pro max ultra, you know, higher tier M two line processor workloads, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'll yeah. put it in perspective. I do, I do a lot of photography stuff. True. There's no bit of photography work that I do that, and I do some professional level stuff. I, I get paid sometimes to take pictures of people. Mm-hmm. There, there's not anything that I do that can't be done on the air. There, there's no workload that I throw at that my pro it. that yeah, could, no. that, that's doing anything taxing that would not work exactly the same. You know, the Photoshop stuff, all of that, it's all optimized for the, the Apple chips now. Yeah. And it, and it works just fine. And it's not like I'm running out of Ram. It's not like, you know, I'm doing all of the, you know, the filters and things that you're applying on there. There's, you would literally have to be merging together and compositing hundreds of photos and I mean, and I literally mean hundreds of high resolution photos to be able to start make making that thing hiccup where you'd be like, I think I might need a pro. And there's nobody who uses that workload on, on yeah. you know, very few very people, even pros use that kind of workload. I mean, when you it's get true. into video stuff, yeah, sure. But even so that M1 MacBook Air, I was editing 4K video on that thing and I was doing fine. I got a little annoyed at it when I would apply a filter or something and it would hesitate. And but the wait. hesitation that it was doing was was seconds it's not like it was minutes it was seconds and if i had tried to do that on a on a windows machine it would have taken minutes 20 30 minutes longer to do those kind of tasks it's not it's not doing that so because we those, had a, you were issued a um what like a comparable xps 13 i think it was at the time yep. right yeah yeah i had a, i had an xps 13 that had an i7 and 16 gigs of RAM. like it was a good machine mm-hmm. and it did not touch hold this. up yeah. yeah it didn't touch the system at all so yeah i mean it's they're they're doing great with those, and the price point is ridiculous. The, the, the price mean, point is the story. It, it, yeah. It's a 15 inch laptop. We've all seen 15 inch laptops, and I'm excited about that. If you're looking for a bigger screen, that's great. I am here to tell you, without ever having picked one up, that is going to be a great laptop because mm-hmm. I've I use the 13 inch variant of it every single day. But mm-hmm. then to pile on that, you're right. The the price is the story because to see downward pressure on an Apple price point is rare. Let's call it what it is. That just doesn't happen a ton, except for the whole play of, Oh, we're keeping the old one around. Like it is not as common for the mainline device to get cheaper during its cycle. So I just think that is a huge win for anyone who's out there shopping for laptops today. And PS, by the way, if you were already shopping, take a beat and think about, do you want to go for something cheaper or is that your opportunity to add some Ram? add some storage because remember going back to some older episodes of ours, there are some, a, you cannot upgrade them once you buy them. It's an, it's an SOC. Um, so once you buy it, that's what you got. Um, so, you know, buyer's tip, buy what don't buy what you need today, buy what you're going to need at the end of your intended life cycle for that Mm -hmm. device. Um, on the flip side, Remember, too, on the storage front, Apple is doing the whole thing where the initial 256 is a single giant air quotes here, slower 256 chip versus they achieve 512 by doing a pair of them that hits higher performance speeds. Every bit of testing we've done, a lot of other, uh, yes, there is a numbers difference. There's not a real world difference. Again, if you're doing MacBook Air type workloads, you're not feeling that storage difference, but just be aware going in, Um, you know, either realize the savings as a savings or reinvest it into maybe some, you know, tear up the hardware on the, on the upfront, depending on how long you plan on having the machine. So yeah, definitely. 
And then, uh, so that, that was the laptop front and they just kept right on rolling right, oh, they did. right yep. into, I mean, the, the shortest, easiest one is the Mac studio, which is, yep. I don't want to say shortest, like it's bad. I love the Mac studio. I think it's an amazing, amazing yeah, computer. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I, I love, I've loved the Mac mini since there's been a Mac mini and this is just it literally on steroids. And now it's got the M2. I mean, and that's really what there is yeah. to say and that's, there. And that's the announcement. But, yeah. It has the M2 yeah. now. Yeah. Right. But with it, with the thermals that the Mac Studio has at its disposal, what it can get out of that M2, that's really the story around it. The M2 is already a better chip, but now it's a better chip with incredibly good airflow to throw at it. So the performance numbers gonna, that are going to come out right. are going to be great. And I mean, I guess the, get the biggest announcement really about end. this and the next, the, yeah, the biggest announcement about this piece and the next piece is not just the M2 chip, but the fact that it's they've now announced the M2 Ultra, which they hadn't yet. I mean, we had the M1 Ultra, which is the two M1 chips fused to, yep. two M1 Max chips fused together. They now have the two M2 Max chips fused together, just like they did before. That that wasn't yep. in any machines yet, so they, they got those you know, in production and got them out, so they're in the machines, mm-hmm. which gives you twenty up to 24 cores CPU and up to 76 cores on the GPU, which is insane. Yeah, so, that's crazy. With the performance it's, I've seen out of my M1, that's got I think my M1's got twenty four cores or thirty two cores, something like that. Whatever my you, M1 well, max is uh, that I have. Yes, yeah, so you have a you have a max, yeah. Yeah, and and it's and it's ridiculous what that thing can do and how fast it can do. I can't imagine I, I can't imagine what the studio can do for people who are actually throwing those workloads at it. Like it's crazy that they can get one hundred and ninety gigs in that small, like one hundred ninety two gigs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's because it's all it's all on chip. Yep. It's all on the chip. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. And and there's somebody that showed like the, you know, one of the the devices that got announced here next. They show it op- the side open and you see the actual die for the chip. It's massive. Like, oh, the, really? the, yeah, the M2 Ultra chip is like, it's probably like a four inch square. It's like, you know, it's just huge. So, oh, awesome. yeah, it's a pretty good size chip. Um, but yeah, I mean, there isn't really much else to talk about with the studio. It's just got the it's m2 the desktop, max you know, or the m2 ultra it. yeah it's kind of there and, and you know and we'll lead right into this it's now their it's now their mid-tier desktop it was their yep, top tier yep, desktop it is now their mid-tier desktop because they finally completely converted their line of computers over to the m series chips because the mac yep. pro now has the m series chip Yep, it's well, here. <laughs> it, well, it, it, it is here because Eric and I have o- offline talked about this computer for what feels like forever because it's so not applicable to us or almost anyone that we know or work around yeah. because the Mac Studio exists. I mean, at the uppermost tier of what any of us would be doing, or frankly, any of the people that we work around professionally would use. W- those are Mac Studio people in the lineup. Yeah. Truly, the folks that n- want and/or need what this device can do. We're talking actual Hollywood production yeah, pe- studio people working oh, on yeah. million-dollar films and so, and yes. you know yeah audio productions that, for you know people selling millions of albums at a, every time they drop one, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, that that's what's coming. So I mean, but that doesn't diminish the story that it is because what Eric and I beat to death was. Because we've now said several times on this episode, 
the M platform is a system on chip, which means that by design, the CPU, the memory, the GPU, the store, all of it is on a chip and that they achieve those performance levels by everything being custom bust together with crazy mm-hmm. wide lanes that just say, go as fast as you can. Yep. And the whole point of the Mac Pro through the years was this was the one you could fiddle with. In so much as you could fiddle with anything with an Apple logo on it, but this was the one you could fiddle with. And that, that, those, that concept is so counter what makes the Mac in general, even historically, but most recently the M, you know, time, this evolution of the Mac is counter fiddling with it, like adding cards or changing out equipment. So how are they going to do that? I still think there's some big question marks around that based on the announcement. The way they did the announcement. Yeah. Yeah. So Eric, I'll leave it to you that, and it's already been almost 24 hours. I'm sure in those developer sessions you were talking about, there's probably even more news that we just haven't come across yet. But in you and I's very brief conversation yesterday, you and I, I feel like agreed that what wasn't said about it was much louder than what was said about it. Right. So, and, and that was the big thing, like, like that's the, that's the thing that everybody kind of, you know, looked down on the studio about was these people who are doing these pro level things. What they want is they want discrete graphics processing in it. They want to be able to put their NVIDIA 4090 in there because it's so much better. And, you know, they want to line them up and do those chips because there's some kind of rendering that they do that requires that sort of power. And the studio obviously has no PCI ports. It can't do that. It, right. there's, there's no place to put that. So now that was one of the big things that they announced in here was that the studio is going to have just a very large number of PCI slots in it, which is which is fantastic. And when they talked about it, they touched on it, they showed them, and they talked about what people would be using them for. They talked about video capture, as in, yep. you know, bringing in stuff from, you know, red cinema cameras and 8K video that you'd be capturing or, or in a studio environment where you have live cameras and you're in, you're producing a live show and you can do it all right through there. All those capture cards, sound capture cards and, and all this stuff that you'd be using for music production. They talked about all of that. They said nothing about yeah. discrete graphics, graphics because yep. they just got done in the sentence before they were announcing the PCI stuff, talking about their 72 core GPU that can yep. run circles around everything. And of course they're not going to talk about somebody else's GPU going in there, but right. looking at the actual, tech specs of the machine in the PCI lanes, they're all Gen 4 PCIe lanes with, you know, there's two X16 slots in there. So there, that's an X16 PCI 4. That's what's used for graphics. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what you use that, those, that many lanes for is graphics. And they talk about the fact that there is um, several, there, there's 300 watts of auxiliary power available to you two six pin connectors right. delivering 75 watts each and one eight pin connector delivering 150 watts of power an eight pin connector delivering 150 watts of power the only thing i can think of that's that power hungry that goes inside a is computer a is a graphics card they yeah. didn't say it but it seems to me like it's set up to be able to take discrete graphics cards so and one of like my the first the- time well, well, first time in in this in this space because mm-hmm. I mean adding throwing GPUs at a Mac Pro goes all the way back to like when I think about the Mac Pro, I think about just the classic giant silver desktop that every yep, time yep. I saw one, I just like drooled over it because it was such an unattainably expensive piece of hardware and still is. I mean, I'm, oh yeah, this starts at seven. Yeah. Let's, let's get there. 7, this thing starts 000, at seven thousand yeah. dollars. But again, going back to who this device is for, there's some interesting math on 
dollar for dollar what this gets you versus what it replaces. Yep. But that said, throwing GPUs at it for as just one example is something they've had forever. I don't know. This is where like the science for, for in my knowledge breaks down is I, I firmly believe your output is going to continue to come from whatever is on that chip. But what I don't yeah. know is would you be able to, to your point, Eric, add PCI based graphics power, you know, uh, cable it in and then use its compute and render ability discreetly from what's doing just your output, which would be the, yeah. I, I don't know. I, that I, that I is mean, such a hardware level questions beyond my right. personal and knowledge. I, and that's a lifelong that, PC builder. It's beyond my, yeah. my knowledge. Yeah. They said, I think they, they're, they claimed it could be used to like train AI models. So maybe throwing right. all those graphics in there, but to again, like take power to, yeah. But again, they, you know, they have so many cores of yeah. their processor that right. is for that, that it's like, okay. But I mean, the, the thing that I'm curious about, and, and again, because, you know, just thinking about it from the, the Windows side of things and the, you know, custom built PC side of things, a lot yeah. of times you'll put the discrete graphics in there and you'll have to turn off the internal graphics or, uh -huh. or tell your, your BIOS to, you know, ignore it or whatever so that oh, you true, get, you yeah. know, so like when you plug in a discrete graphics chip into the Mac, does it just, you know, does it stop outputting to the internals or, you know what I mean? It's like, how, how True. is it going to work? They, they didn't talk about it at all. And I'm assuming they're going to talk to the it? developers. I'm guessing these developers that are there this week are going to be asking those questions. And if they haven't, like, hey, how are you already, going will. to be using this? Yeah. yeah. How are you going to handle this? Cause you know, we need to know based, you know, cause if we're going to program something that can use that discrete graphics, mm -hmm. these developers need to know how that's going to work. So I'm assuming somebody's going to ask that question so we can find the answer to it, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. And that, that I think is kind of the big takeaway there. And the last thing I wanted to say on the, on the Mac pro is Aaron, I apologize if you don't have the, the math handy, but you were doing some quick math yesterday. I, I think it was an upwards of $40,000 spread between yeah. maxing out this device and maxing out its Intel based predecessor and what you got. Basically, if you, was, if you got, you could get them to similar, not, I will, I will stop, yeah. stop, stop sort of performance because we're not gonna start the religious debate of M performance versus Intel performance, but right. spec for spec, you could get them very close to each other cores versus Ram versus this versus that yeah. you get them very, very close. And the M based equivalent topped out was $40,000 cheaper. I think you said yeah, it was, it was high, high thirties. Yeah. So basically I think when the last Mac pro bump happened, like where they got, you know, the new yeah. tier of I nine and I seven chips, you could put in there or whatever for the Intel version of the Mac Pro and you and you put everything in it because back then which they touched on in the um announcement that they did mm -hmm. um they had these ProRes cards that you could put in there to help yep. with streams of ProRes video for these people that are doing those kind of video productions and you had to pay extra for those and they were quite expensive yep. to give you that power that's all built into the m series chips now it's just in the render Got pipeline it. in the m series chips so you don't have to buy those anymore but if you spec it out with filled it up with those chips spec it out completely high end everything the, the maximum amount of ram maximum amount of storage the mac pro the intel mac pro costs fifty three thousand seven ninety nine. so basically fifty four thousand yeah. dollars um to get that top tier one the top tier um Mac Pro now comes in at just under uh, twelve thousand. It's eleven thousand seven hundred dollars, which is still a stupid amount of money. But when you it figure is. you can buy four of them for what it cost you to get one before, there's plenty mm -hmm. of studios out there that are going to be extremely happy about that because right. they're they're sitting on Mac Pros 
from five years ago yeah, that they purchased yeah, for $50,000 that they're true. now going to be able to finally replace and going to their boss saying, I need a replacement for my computer. And the boss is going, oh my God, you want to spend another $50,000? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It's only 10 this year. Oh, well, that, let's get two. Yeah. You know, like it's, you know, and it's still half. I don't want to be in the room for that conversation, but you're not far off because in our world, we've had that conversation with people on the server side of things. Sure. It's funny what, when you get to purchases at that scale, we've talked to people where their last server purchase five, seven years ago was, you know, a pair of redundant hosts in a SAN and it was 80, $90,000. We yep. come to and say, well, with hardware advances and you moving so much to the cloud, we can actually get away with a single host and, you know, we're not going to get into the why, but the, a, $33,000 server, they, they want to hug you because the last sure. time you brought them a quote, it was 80. So it's oh, like, right. yeah. Or that, I mean, that's a even, real thing. And it's even at a smaller scale. Cause when you figure, yep. you know, they spent four, 5,000, $6,000 on a single server before, and you've moved them so much to the cloud that they've just got like one little computer running some local files and QuickBooks yep. or whatever, and they can get by on a, on a desktop, basically a yep. precision desktop now. And you ask them to spend $1,200 instead of six grand. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's all, it's getting to that point. And, and it's funny yeah. to see that kind of math apply to an Apple product because mm. that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. <laughs> Their yeah, prices and even back on the 15 inch pro knocking the price down on the 13 inch, that doesn't yep. happen at Apple very often. Lowering right. the price of a computer that doesn't happen very doesn't often. Happen. So no, you're right. It was interesting to see. Oh goodness. But yeah, Absolutely. then they talked about the M2 a little bit more, the M2 Ultra chip, you know, yeah. basically the number of cores and everything, you know, was next. But then, and then I think they kind of dipped after that into the software side of things for a while, the, right? They, they did. The and last the thing I'll say about the Mac Pro when we transitioned, that's just that, that that was, I don't mean surprising in a bad way. It was actually like the the one question mark a lot of people had around what are they going to do for the, for the Mac Pro is like, we already had the M2 Ultra. You know what I mean? So it was like, right. was there something else were they going to find a way to do dual ultras or what 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 have you and i think it was interesting where it's like no 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 the ultras perfectly good enough like right I, yeah. and i think that was the right thing to, i think going overly gimmicky i just had this picture in my head because there was a time where you could get a mac pro with dual socket it was effectively mm -hmm. a server yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, they could literally not stitch them together like they did with the ultra itself but just literally have two socs the effectively a, a dual sock i'm like i just have a feeling this is going to go so poorly if they go down that rabbit hole yeah. i'm actually relieved to see the m2 ultra is more than enough horsepower i would imagine for those workloads it was the expandability and the configurability uh, yes. <laughs> questionable word choice yeah. um that, that 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 came into play there so but you're right that i think it's important to take a beat and say all of those things by themselves were an event that yes. was an event yep. worth of announcements and it was what felt like the first 15 minutes of, of the yeah they sped through them yeah they really sped this, through them this whole thing was a sprint but then we got into and we are going to do our darndest to not land too long on any one of these things because they did a tour de force through their entire software yep. footprint. every single every device yep. yeah I've had everyone yep airpods and it started, I believe it started with, with iOS, right? Which, which would make sense. I think so, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, iOS 17, um, the, the features are 
they're both abundant, but also not earth shattering. Like, yeah, I feel like it was, was a good I quantity totally of agree. announcements. Yeah. But was, none of them was, were like, holy cow, this is the moment. Yeah. But that's and okay. And that was that was the theme, that was the theme through every Throughout. one of their software announcements. Yeah. They every, everything that they announced was useful and will bring like a, a quality of life and an ease of use and sometimes just fun to the devices, just more fun. But nothing was like no one's ever done this before. I don't think they released anything like that. So, I really but they do act like it. <laughs> they, well, they yeah, do, yeah. for sure. The, the, the showmanship, yeah, the showmanship was not wanting in this. For, for <laughs> Craig was up there just having entirely too much fun. There was the oh, one yeah, like, like costume the, changes the, and everything. The, the iPad was like flying in out of his hand. Like he is just having the best. Yeah. I, I should say it is worth noting. The fact that Apple has continued to stick with the full-blown infomercial style event, and I think we talked about this some at their last one, I don't see that going away no. ever at this point. It's nice. It's cheaper. Well, for them. it was, <laughs> but it's also there's nothing more Apple than wanting to control every element of an announcement. And yeah. get a bunch of people together for a quote unquote live announcement, not have it be a live announcement, yeah. <laughs> but still kind of feel like it was one. And by the way, here's some hands on time, which let's face it, that's what all the media is there for anyway, is the hands on time. So yep. it's just like that whole thing is just so unapologetically Apple. It's I've, I've, I'm beyond saying, oh, I miss in-person events. I do yeah. miss live events because I miss, we talked about the summit IO. I miss the onstage oopsies and the Wi-Fi yeah. crashes, but. Yeah, Steve Jobs also, not able to click to the next slide. Oh my gosh, was I was just going to say, part of me does and doesn't miss like that feeling of like dad's going to start smacking people. Well, I remember right. the time yeah, like Steve Jobs, was, when Jobs was up on stage, like telling people from the stage, get off the Wi-Fi. Like I'll never forget that yes, for the rest right. of my life. Like, oh man. So like there's some of that magic is gone, but on the flip side, just the, the dumb good showmanship of it all is 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 again go back to your it's fun you yeah, use yeah. the right word the event that element of the event was fun but i also thought a lot of what they announced was fun and yeah they're bringing fun that, to the stuff which is kind of yeah cool. if so. that's where we are in the maturity of these life cycles where these devices are so good they are so feature rich we've solved for x in so many places that now we're just like how can we just make this better and more fun? That's okay. Yeah. Like we don't have to reinvent. I don't think we need to continue to reinvent what is a smartphone for people. People already feel pretty good about what the smartphone is to them in both good, right. bad, and different ways. But in, but to continue to make that experience more interesting, more fun, I think that's great. And some yeah. of these things were Agreed. exactly that. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, and, and starting, like, one of the things that they talked, like, you know, just to name some of the features, you know, and I actually kind of chuckled a little bit at the name, like, when they came, when they came out with the name for it. So they've got this new thing where you basically set up, like, a poster of yourself on your, on your phone. So, like, you take a, a nice picture of yourself, one you like, you think is cool, and you put your name on it, it can do that thing with the depth where the name partially mm -hmm. is behind your head, like, all that kind of stuff, right? And then you set that as your contact poster. Yep. And then when someone calls you or you call someone, Apple, like it gets to them. So like yeah. the poster you set for yourself is what's used as your contact on other people's devices and on your own device. And they have this feature that I love the name of that I chuckle about that they call name drop, which is something other people have done before. But it's basically like you can now tap somebody else's phone 
and trade contact information with them, like bring your phones close to each other and trade contact information rather than, you know, having to manually type somebody's number in. And of course, other devices have done it mm. um, and oh, done this tap to share. Yeah, exactly. Ever. You know, they, they've done that stuff. But I I like this. Um, it's very personable. Like, you can, yeah, I yes. like the way they did it with the posters. I like the way it just it feels polished. It feels fun. It feels like, you know, it just it just felt cool. And and, that, and that's Apple's specialty mm-hmm. is taking something that a bunch of people have done before and making it feel fresh and new and, yes. and fun. And that's like that's it, what they're good at. Yeah, I feel like in a way, a lot of these features, like they could, it's almost like, oh, that wasn't already in there. Like this seems such like an Apple thing to have on your phone. Like, oh, it just seamlessly yeah. seems like it could have been there the whole time. The yep. whole bit where there was like the guys exchanging, like exchanging contact info, like the whole digital mm. business card experience. We've yeah. been solving for that since what feels like the Palm Trio. <laughs> yeah. Like really. And if that, yeah. but I will say, if if the thing that we get works 90% as good as what they showed in their tightly controlled mm-hmm. pre-produced infomercial, yeah. I'm in for it because yeah. like that, yeah. that is just such a, that, that exchange of information is something that I've seen so many companies iterate on and try and this and that. I mean, I remember it was done through IR blasters for God's sake, oh, like right. every yeah. iteration you can think of and it's all sucked. And I really want this to be good so badly. And yeah. I think the way that they're saying it works is like with your, you know, if your phone is close to their phone, I, yeah. I'm interested to see like how that affects your day to day, right? Like right. with the air tag thing, like if you're just chilling with someone next to you on the bus or on a plane, like is your phone going to be like, do you want to share something? And you're like, yeah, I think you have to be in a certain, yeah. yeah, I think you got to be in a certain app. You got to go into your contacts app or something, then bring it close. And you know, there'll be some kind yeah, of a thing to sure. stop it from just being automatic. Cause yeah, that cause I mean, they had that issue with, um, with airdrop when it first came out before they had locked it down you could you could just open your phone up at the mall and click on airdrop all the people with iphones around you and just like send pictures to them if you wanted and it would just automatically send to their phone Mm -hmm. so yeah there you know i think they was neat for that yeah that was good times um but then they they also talked about some other features coming in ios some new things coming in ios and in the theme here was everything that they announced kind of carried through to the other, other devices operating yeah. systems as well so like they they talked about a, a new journal app that was going to be yep. coming out which is you know for, which for fun for, yeah for actual journaling like you know it's gonna it's part of them their mindfulness their health app stuff where it's gonna yep. pop up like where now it's like hey you know take a take a breath for a few minutes and you know take a break and like those kind of things like those kind of mental health things that they're pushing it's it's journaling you know and it'll give you journaling prompts like it actually works in one of the neatest features about it one of the things that i thought made it fun you know that brought the fun was mm-hmm. apple goes in and it's the places you've been the pictures you've taken mm-hmm. that kind of stuff the people you've been with all comes up in a little block and like it shows like a little t- tile view of all the places and people you've been for that day and and then it gives you a journal prompt like talk yeah. about when you were you know in milwaukee this past weekend you know and gives you like a little journal prompt for you to type in your journal and the journal can be password protected so even if somebody gets onto your computer they still can open your journal they're keeping everything private it's end-to-end encrypted you know all those things that apple likes to tout you know they they thought about it all when they put that stuff in there so you know 
so a new app you know so now they've announced no, that's fun because that's know. like an evolution of the photos app where it's like oh remember this day last year right that's yep. kind of very right. generic at this point but like yeah, yeah. If it's gonna be oh look at your journal entry from three months ago when you but and i have to say yeah. cody you make a really good point because i think about that your that has become so table stakes like the mm -hmm. and, and all the platforms that google photos has they're yep. like yep. they all have a riff on it but i will say not specific to apple all the various devices i have that do some version of remember yeah. this on this day mm -hmm. i have enjoyed many memories yep. that I would have Absolutely. otherwise never circled back to because of that feature that's kind of oh, proliferated yeah. across consumer I get tech. I get it all the time. Like we, it'll, it'll pop up on my phone all the time. And it's like a, a, a vignette of videos and photos of a day in the life of, of my son, because you know, for quite some time after you're a new parent, that's all you take pictures of is your kid. So mm -hmm. like, it'll come up with a memory and I'll have a memory from, you know, when he was three or four years old toddling around and it, it's all these things that I didn't remember. And it just automatically comes up. I love it when those moments happen. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. They are very human. And yes. Those yep. opportunities for, yeah, let you have a moment take, during the day. Yeah. To quick, uh, the quick aside on that. And again, this is not a uniquely Apple thing, but it is something that Apple does, I think as or more consistently than anyone else is those opportunities to take something very, very technical, very, very engineered and suddenly make us have a very human moment yes. and pull yep. us out of the technology for a second with the technology, which is the irony of the yeah, situation, yeah. but to pull us out of it for us and have that very, very human moment. That is just one of those expressions that I've loved that about photos for years. I, I agree that the journaling aspect has some genuine applications on that front yep. also. Um, that's what it's all about, right? Like that's the whole point is for this stuff to, yes, make our lives easier or more efficient or more productive or see all the above. But what's special, and Eric, to keep using your what's fun mm -hmm. is when it can do that, especially when we don't expect it to. Because when that right. stupid photos thing happens and stops me in my tracks with insert thing here, um, it's it's because I didn't go looking for it. I didn't open my yeah. photos app to go look up an old picture. Yeah, you didn't have I to literally click picked up my memory. Phone. Yeah. I, I picked <laughs> yeah. up my phone to do something and literally stop what I'm doing right. because of that connection. That is special for all the it's nonsense yeah. that goes on around this space. That's just one very, very tangible expression of why all this stuff should exist. Yeah, we can go on forever about why some of it shouldn't, mm -hmm. but that is one expression of why it should and why I'm glad that it does. But um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I would say two. I want to. I want to mention two yeah. features in in like uh, for iPad and iPhone and everything. Yep. Uh, speaking about all this, so two. The, you know, quality of life, great. I I think these features <laughs> should be in in there, but I think it is funny how you know it's displayed on the web page and when they announce and stuff. Uh, the first one. Uh, being in iMessage, you can swipe back up to the last read uh, message. They, they yep. add like a little arrow button. And I think the biggest one, the interactive widgets. I couldn't believe that wasn't included originally, but now that you can actually like scroll in them or tap on them, I think that's like obviously Absolutely. Like good right. quality of life. Yeah, and, it was and like, you, man, how is it, it not already there? And to your point earlier, yeah, that seems like something that's always been there. Like I feel mm. like I've always been able to click and check off radio buttons in the mm. widgets. 
but you can't now because nope, I checked. It opens I up the app. Yeah, only on Android. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've done a very good job of making you believe you could do that thing, right. but really all yeah. it was was a transparent window into that app that then invoked yeah. the app, and then you were suddenly in the experience. No, I, from the reminders to notes to media control. So mm-hmm. the one that has worked that I think got us was like there were certain media controls that worked mm-hmm. in yes. those widgets. Yep. But now, for example, the ability to scroll and browse from the widget, oh, yeah. like that's a big deal. Dude, if, I can na- right. if I can just simply navigate the playlist that I'm in without opening the music app, I'm there for it. I'm, I'm yeah. all in. No, yep. Really good quality of life update for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm good. And especially on the iPad where... And we might as well just go ahead and transition. There were there were plenty of we and we because we do have to move through some of this stuff. The i the the yeah. iOS side of things standby basically turns your phone into a smart home display. I mean, there's yep. I, I can't you wait to get my hands on that and stuff. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. But I I also see it here. I'm going to slow down again. The bedside clock thing is going to be applicable to the most people. I think I told Eric this yesterday. What I'm most excited about is I have a I think it's a Peak Design. Um, MagSafe mount in my car. It's a it's a MagSafe charging oh, mount yeah, in the yeah. car. And because of the way the the interior of my car is laid out, the only logical place to put it that was both accessible but also out of the like not in my face was it requires the phone to be horizontal. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, even though my iPhone is basically the size of a freaking iPad mini, it has an unusable horizontal experience. Mm-hmm. Like maybe three apps support it. The keyboard is in the way all the time and none of the navigation works that way, which I also get it. My phone is docked in the car. I shouldn't be fiddling with it anyway. Don't email me. But I, a lot of people saw this and because it's also what they showed us, I get it. Like the bedside, the, uh, sitting on mm-hmm. your desk, what have you, that's all really cool. I immediately went to, I cannot wait for my phone to be docked in my car and for me have it at least display something useful to yeah, me like in a, a horizontal set. Or Just yeah. to not be sideways because every time yeah. my screen <laughs> lights up, it's freaking the oh, wrong yeah, yeah. way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. the most irritating <laughs> thing in the world because I know going in the Wayback Machine, there was a version of iOS years ago that would tilt iPad style horizontal and they pulled it out one or two generations later because I think I was Mm. the only person on earth that was using it (laughs) and it made it harder to develop, which I don't care. Um, But no, that that is where (laughs) I went to the car instantly because now, even if it's just passive information, my second display, as it were, is is potentially now useful in the car again, instead of being, because I even turned off the always on display, because A, it wasn't very good in iOS 16, but Mm -hmm. also because guess what, that always on display was sideways in my car all the time. Right. So now it can actually do something properly oriented and be useful to right. me. And I'm be customizable. Put the widgets you want to yep. use on it and everything. The mm-hmm. the other thing that I wanted to touch on real quick, and again, we'll try to be real quick about it because it does apply across all of them so we don't have to talk about it again after this, is they're updating autocorrect. They're, they're putting yeah. features into autocorrect which look like it could actually help. And one of the things that's personally makes me very happy is it's going <laughs> to it's gonna learn from your frequently used words, including swear words. Finally. So, so it will no longer misspell your swear words or, or try to transpose them with, you know, ducking instead. I was just going to say, I, I'm going to joke on stage, which was great. I, that was the great, I was just, I was just going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to keep our everyone tag intact, Apple. But, yeah. um, seriously, I, I think it was Craig again. It was, was it, Craig. What, the, yep. Oh my god, the, the the ducking thing was the funniest yeah. thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. It's, it's the it's first time. For years, it's yeah. the first time that Apple's really acknowledged it. 
Yes. You know, it's been happening with their autocorrect since the beginning. Yep. Yeah. And and they finally acknowledged it on stage and they're doing something about it, which, you know, is is meaningful for someone like me who curses like a, a sailor when they're yeah, not. I don't have to make a specific dictionary entry now so it doesn't autocorrect. Right. <laughs> um couple round out things on iOS, uh, the, the standby feature, that smart home display can't mm-hmm. help, but feel like it's a direct shot. It makes me wonder when that initiative started. Cause it feels like a direct shot at the pixel tablet. I just, yeah. I just feel like it is, um, mm-hmm. hoping because everything seems to trickle down to the iPad one to two years later, but it just seems to be the MO. Then we're actually going to get into that more meaningfully here in a second. I'm yeah. hoping this means two things that this feature comes to iPad and that they figure out how to make a MagSafe iPad. Yeah. That that's nice. what I yeah. want at the yeah. center of my home kit yeah. home that we've done countless episodes on. I just want to be able to magnetic without a third party case, right. magnetically attach my iPad to a dock and have it go into a, a smart, a smart home display that anyone can walk up to and have limited controls over the immediate devices yeah. without getting all the way into my device. That's what speaking I want. Of features, speaking of features you think would, would be there all along that, you don't realize aren't is that like is even that? on the Ma- even on the the iPad Mini like I have the yep. smaller iPad even that one doesn't have the the MagSafe nope on and, it, and so. I and I can understand the literal engineering challenges of like a magnetic stand dock for a 13 inch iPad Pro I like got fine but to your point Eric even just the Mini yeah. or the yep. or the or the the entry level 300 whatever dollar iPad like yeah. this this is a doable thing but that's not what it's about so it does make it more of a smart home like display. Um, the other big air quotes, big thing is you can now invoke S I R I by just saying right. Siri instead yeah, of Hey yeah. comma. So, um, yep. the, the verges, um, live blog of the event, I was actually rolling in my chair laughing. When I read this cause they're right. That was teased in Ted Lasso and I totally missed it. Oh, really? There's oh, a, there's funny. a scene in one of the later episodes where Nate addresses his phone and just says Siri and it worked. And I, I, it was completely missed. I, I, I'm usually huh. better than this. I remember and I the moment, it but I didn't compl- think it, yeah. it never clicked for me. And I almost, and here I am apologizing for myself. It almost makes me wonder if in the moment, cause I don't remember thinking this, but maybe I did where it's like, oh, maybe they did it that way to not trigger a bunch of everyone's phones. phones. But I feel like just, no, I just missed it because I was too yeah. much enjoying Ted Lasso RIP. But anyway, yeah, right. um, uh, so that that's iOS 17. Um, really desperate trying to pick up speed here. iPad OS 17. This will be faster because I think we actually already summed up the majority. Yeah, of that, it. the yeah, majority of it came from the other that, ones. Yeah, it's it, it's it's iOS the the best of album from iOS 16 is now coming to the iPad, and that now seems to be the trailing cadence that more or less one year later filter down of features, which makes sense because. Mm-hmm. You want to get it in people's hands, pun very much intended, you get it on the iPhone. The iPad yep. is the continues to rule the roost of consumer tablets. That is still a fraction of the market size yep. of the iPhone or the just the smartphone market in general. So that makes sense. Um, it was one of the reasons why they broke the OSs out in the first place all those years ago was to yeah. have a different cycle of development. So um, lock screen widgets was a big mm-hmm. one and will be a big one yep. for me. I'm very excited about that. And the health app. Um, the health app. I mean, going back to this seems to be a running theme. Things that, where was this all along? Like having the health right. app on the iPad. Well, yeah. As I someone mean, who uses the health app a lot, I'm excited right. for that screen. And also, stage. and also like, you know, with all of their workouts and stuff that they're, you know, touting now with Fitness Plus that they're, they're just spending 
gobs of money on because yep. when you think about the fact that they're creating content every day for that yep. fitness plus app with new workouts and and they're paying all of these trainers and everything to be doing that for people this this makes it usable because if you didn't have an apple tv before you were using that fitness app on your iphone yeah you know yeah. and you could you could get some of the videos and stuff on the on the ipad but a lot of the features the integration features and all that kind of stuff you still had to have your phone with you to pair with your watch and show the stuff on the screen, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's interesting. They're, they're bringing it all together, which is kind of nice. Yep. Um, I, I will say selfishly for me, I just, as you know, end user in this situation, the PDF stuff yeah, on the iPad cool. looks yes. fan to, I spend too much of my life in PDFs juggling which app do I need to do this thing with this particular file. And if right. they could just Swiss Army knife that for me, that that <laughs> I don't want to downplay it. That will be a major workflow impact to me personally. If yep. that becomes a one-stop shop opportunity to work with fillable, manipulatable, there we go with great English again, um, <laughs> PDF, almost a yeah. PDF file. Oh my gosh, I'm an end user today. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> PDFs. Yes. So the post document um, file. I, file. Um, that, that's, that, that's right. Yeah. Um, a lot of collaborative stuff too, just on that, yeah. like in the notes app, just leaning into the iPad as that device of whether they're, whether two or three or how many of you are sharing, you know, sharing experience in the room or across, you know, the internet as it were, um, those collaborative features. I do think that is a really cool space that there is headroom to grow in. Like I feel like Google just kind of owns a lot of that in like the Google drive, you know, world because they got there so early yeah. even 365 has a lot you know owns a lot of that for those that are de knee deep in that environment so to bring that more natively to ios i think is very very cool but also because a lot of this tends to apple continues to do a really good job of especially with microsoft having a lot of these features coexist like so if i'm running excel on the ipad and mm -hmm. to be able to interact with a lot of my other more Apple centric environments. It's funny to say that here we are 10 years ago, I would have laughed at that very thought. And now it's like my Apple plus Microsoft world, especially in 365 is actually one of my best cross-platform computing experiences. It really, yeah. really is. So no, they've done a great job with all those apps for sure. Um, I'm really hoping that trend continues. And even there's an example of that, you know, that we're going to touch on a little bit later on. Yes. So, um, again, iPad, we're not going to spend a ton more time yeah. on, but rolling right into Mac OS Sonoma, um, better known as Mac OS just keeps getting iPad ear, um, <laughs> yep. right? I mean, it, it, it just does. This is just the slow, yeah. steady march. And, yeah. Yeah. The, the continued slow, steady march towards when is an iPad pro just going to run this operating system. And I've been saying for years, year. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, but really, I do think the I, I'm sorry. I do think the Mac got some much needed attention in, in this update. They're going back to the theme. There were some quality of life things here that I thought, in theory, we'll see. We get our hands on with it are really really great. So like interactive widgets on the desktop, widgets on the Mac have been pointless. They've been tucked yep. away in that tray. That they've no one been wins, there yeah. because they have to be there. I forget how to invoke it half the time. And to be able to put them there on the desktop, great. But then what really caused me to believe they actually slowed down and thought about this for once was, I'm sure you guys saw where you can play with those widgets kind of fading into the background as yep. a word. They're there, but not there. Because I am very much, I'm a clean desktop person. 
I, yep. I don't really keep do. anything on my desktop. So as much as I love the thought of having the widgets there, that's very anti my, I want a clean desktop space. I'm very interested to see how I work with, is this going to be a good middle ground where I can have the information, I can have the interactability, but still not have it feel like I'm junking up my workspace. Right. Mm-hmm. It looked like it might be the case. Who knows? I'm a weird duck, but I'm very, very interesting to see what, you know, how, what, what did you guys think about it? No, I thought that was really cool. I, and again, Cody, to your point earlier, it's <laughs> one of those things that, and I know it isn't in the current operating system. It's something that I feel like Apple did already. And maybe I'm just remembering it wrong. Like I felt like they had something like that, like on a very, like a much earlier version okay. of the operating system. I know system. exactly what you're thinking of. I cannot believe I'm blanking on it because I keep wanting to say Launchpad and that's wrong. But there was there was the widgets page where you could actually, there was a gesture you could do on multi-touch and invoke right. a desktop layer that was a widget space or pre-multi-touch. Okay. It was to the uh, left launchpad, of the desktop. Right. Now, see, Launchpad is where all the icons are. This was yeah, something right. because they Sherlocked it. They literally, st- this was a third-party app originally on the Mac that gave you this extra virtual desktop where all these widgets lived. And then Apple freaking Sherlocked it and just stole the feature and rolled it into Mac OS. I right. mean, way 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 long this was time a ago. long like, time ago yeah. oh i'm thinking like 10.4 10.5 like yeah. it was a long time ago yeah and, and that's um, what i'm remembering early, i saw this and i was like yep. you've done this before but this i mean this yep. looks great i'm excited to use it but yep yeah it was it was a it was it definitely looks like it'll be again another cool feature that adds some if you want to use it because you don't have to use it but if you want to it kind yep. of adds some usability and some mm-hmm. quality of life which just seems to be their theme through all of this is just making things easier or more fun and it was one of the things we didn't touch on earlier that is coming in that i just thought looked really fun is that you can they did they did that thing with the pictures where you click on someone and it removes them from the photo like you can copy just the person out of the photo like it pulls them out of yeah. the background mm-hmm. and they've done that for a while like i've noticed where i put my thumb over a photo and all of a sudden just the person yeah. just the person kind of highlights and then you can drag them around or copy them out of it you can now take those images and even live photos and make a sticker out of them that you can then use as a reaction on somebody else's messages so you can make yeah. a little video of yourself making a stupid face and then use it as a reaction on someone's photo or someone's message to you. Again, gimmicky, but just looks but like it would be fun. Yeah, yeah just kind of cool fun. to be able to do. I can see myself doing that, which is... You Was know, it called Dashboard? It might have been called Dashboard. Sorry, this is what my no, brain does. Yeah. I, I think it was called Dashboard. Anyway, yes, Apple has certainly done widgets before. Um, you are right, Eric. This is the first time that I can think of, without a third-party app, they will live wholly on the desktop proper. Yep. Um, I'm I'm there for it. Yep, you're absolutely right. Dashboard. Yep, there we go. Going way in the way back machine. <laughs> it was but, first introduced in 10.4. You were right on yep. with like where it was introduced. Yep. And so was funny. one was one of my favorite features of the Mac at the time. I remember I had world clocks and maps and flight trackers yep. and package. Tra- I, it was yep. I had the most fun. Anytime I would unbox a new Mac, one of the first things I would do would sit down and like overly customize my dashboard. I loved that yep. feature. Um, so going back to, I, I really hope this is a logical return to that, um, especially in a world because we do have virtual desktops on the Mac. Yep. I kind of think about how I could have, 
again, triaging my own brain. I could have my clean, neat and tidy desktop. I could have, cause I do the same thing on the iPad. My main iPad home screen is almost a desert, but if you swipe one over, that's where my handful of widgets that I use live. So just, you know, all, all all good things. Um, but on the Mac, the last thing I want to make sure we talked about there was a, there was some stuff because they did again they touched everything. There's some interesting stuff coming to AirPods, which I thought that was yeah. interesting that it lived in the more the Mac portion of the conversation, which is fine. Not um, near the but, iPhone. Yeah, so was, there's like you know um, super low audio latency coming to um, AirPods, uh, low latency input from Xbox and PlayStation controllers. I guess there was some other AirPods stuff earlier on because they're doing the um the 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 improved conversation detection and yeah. things like that. Um, it's it's adaptive I mean, instead of you setting I want it to be transparent or I want it to block sound. It, it just makes me wonder though, your environment and does it on its own. Is so. this setting up another one of those moments that I still deal with today where it's like, I think about the equivalent of, I still feel self-conscious when I look at my watch in a meeting. Cause I still feel people think like I'm feel like I'm checking the time and I'm not, I got a uh. notification <laughs> and my glance told me I actually do need to look at it cause it's important. But now I feel like people think I'm checking the time, like they're holding me up or something. I feel like I'm going to have the exact same reaction to, addressing someone face-to-face with earphones yeah. with, with with airpods in like i feel like, like this, there's just this motion can you hear me you know like yeah. where you point to your ear like, <laughs> can you hear me? yeah i i don't know just what we'll, we'll see it's more uh you know so uh social interactions conforming around our technology choices right. but i digress um i will say Kojima was there, man. We're going back to the Mac yeah. real quick. Um, <laughs> this was the most like was every time every every time Apple talks about games, I'm just like, neat. What other way are we gonna scale yeah. up an iPhone app to something else? But it was freaking Kojima was there talking about Death Stranding. Can we just like running on the Mac and uh, allegedly well? Yeah, from the looks of it. Yeah, (laughs) from from the looks of it. So I'm really kind of excited about that. Um, but and more Kojima games coming to the Mac. But more importantly, what I felt like it represented was, um, and the the features. You know, I'm I'm blanking on. They're they're introducing a a more direct migration path for people to to take existing game code and port it to the Mac. Yeah, they actually created like a an API for it. I don't remember what the API was called, but they touched on it real quick and then just kind of sped past. But it sounds like they're they're making some sort of a transition, like like almost like a Rosetta for coding that lets right. people kind of throw their code. I had in a lot of Rosetta vibes out of it too. Yeah. yeah. Kind of lets people know, okay, this is this is where your problems are going to be so they can focus on what they need to convert. You know, this converted no problem. The this code is having an issue you're going to need to take a look at. So people can zone zone right in on where the problem is and get their games converted over from DirectX or whatever it's yeah. using yeah. to metal like right away, which is yeah. which is pretty cool. I mean, that's gonna yeah. uh, hopefully make a difference for for getting bring more games to the Mac. First party games to the Mac. Yep. Um, I'm going to bundle up the next two in the interest of just moving us along. So we, yep. um, both the watch and Apple TV were present here not with new hardware. Again, this is not primarily a hardware event, although there was plenty of it. Um, the watch, as we know it, watch OS 10 is getting what they're calling you know, its biggest update yet, which yeah. yes and no, I mean, there's definitely some stuff there. There's some very widgetized again, widgets really featured heavily in a lot of these spaces. Yeah. And it seems like they're, they're going for very glanceable information. So you got, you, it interacts with the digital crown. So it's kind of like that Siri watch face where it bundled a bunch of information. You can like swipe through it. Yep. But this is, you know, moving through more and more information. 
again, I wish it was more that you could do without launching fully into the apps, but at least visually it sure looked a lot like kind of the opposite of what we we're saying earlier. This is more the earlier iteration of the widgets are there. The information is there for you, but if you want to do anything with most of it, you're going to be tapping and launching into the app. Right. But I also get they have to play within the constraints of what the hardware on your wrist is able to do and still have a battery life of more than 11 minutes. So I realize there are unique challenges to the watch that we don't face in other spaces due primarily to the form factor and the constraints of the form factor. Yeah. But there was new biking stuff, hike, hiking stuff, a lot of, you know, the, the watch yeah. has truly solidified around being a fitness first device. Totally in for that. I use it that way almost every yep. day, as do a lot of other people. I'm excited to get my hands on it, pun very much intended. Um, Apple TV. The biggest thing there really was less about the Apple TV as a media consumption device, although there were some share play updates, which I don't know how much people are share playing post COVID. Like yeah. that really made yeah. a splash when it's like, I want to come over and watch this with you, but I can't. So let's air quotes watch it together. Now we just go over and watch it with them but anyway right it's a great feature for people who maybe are, are still physically distanced in one oh yeah in that way never felt the need to like have someone's avatar head floating over my tv while we're quote-unquote watching a show together yeah. i would just rather talk to you about it tomorrow but that's me um the big one was facetime coming to the apple tv and this actually does have i think some implications um because it's using this is not an apple tv with a camera although i do right. think that's potentially an inevitable maybe some of yeah. this. but this is the, using the continuity camera feature where your a nearby iphone can be plopped onto a stand basically and become the camera for doing facetime on your tv We've said it before. The TV is typically the largest, best display in your house. What mm -hmm. a great opportunity to leverage it for those needs. I will also selfishly tell you that because they are, they have talked about third-party support coming to this as well. The day that Zoom and Teams gets this support, I'll be mm -hmm. ripping apart the small conference room next to my office because that is yeah. that is going to simplify that setup so dramatically compared to the nightmare ride that is my my meeting room <laughs> there right now is yeah the uh, trouble that you guys have with that third party and we won't mention brand names nope. and stuff but you have a third party camera in there that mm -hmm. you use that causes more problems and just being yep. able to continuity to your phone which you you've got cables in there to plug in so you don't have to worry about battery and just do that and then also yep. have the apple tv displaying the other end of those zoom calls or whatever up on the tv yeah that'll be huge yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I honestly don't know how much I'll use it at home, but I weirdly right. enough have a lot of like work I don't, focused yeah, ideas. I guess I'm still old school. I don't, I don't FaceTime a lot with people. I don't it, do video right. calls. There and is that, a maybe hard, just cause I'm old. There, I say there is a hard generational difference there. I was because the, the advertising will tell you that every person 40 years and older that has had a kid ever is apparently just FaceTiming with grandparents all the time. And as someone doesn't have kids, maybe that's a thing, Eric. I don't, that, again, maybe it's just generationally well, different. I don't, I don't know, but that's what the advertising would tell us. I will tell you on the flip side, the generation behind mine. So Cody, more, I, I see more like friends of ours that are closer to your age. Mm-hmm. Just walking around, not even staring at the camera, but they're still Dude, on FaceTime. I'll never that. understand it. I had seen that too. And I, yeah, I just, it must have missed me. Like where FaceTime is my main <laughs> way to I, talk to people. I, I, yeah, I, I, a friend of mine will walk in the house, you know, we'll, I'll be having dinner or whatever. And, and I'll, I'll see their camera is active. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm FaceTiming so-and-so. I'm like, 
you're not even looking at your phone. Like they're staring at my ceiling right now. Like why? Wait, why are you on Facebook? Yeah. I mean, my kid, I, he has an Apple watch also. So he likes to Kool-Aid man into my wrist <laughs> with the walkie talkie feature. So if, if, if my, my wrist will just beep and then he'd be like, you know, Hey dad, uh, you know, like through my wrist and I'm like, Oh uh, yeah. Hey, uh, you know, like that, that kind of thing, but never like FaceTime just isn't a thing. So, yeah. But oh, I guess goodness. that kind of brings us to the moment that the I thought up. was pretty awesome. It, it, and, it and was. Just, and John, go for it. Because you, you're a huge fan, just like I am, of I am. the old school Apple. So it was it was It was a big deal because after all of that, that sprint through everything, there's another way to say it. They had one more thing. They literally... Yeah had one more thing and to any of you that have you followed along apple long enough um the, the very short history lesson there is steve jobs very famously through the years would and not at every event but many events and many of their most pivotal moments yep. they would have events like these where you're frankly breathless at the end of everything that they just announced and then they would literally yeah they're acting like they're getting ready day. to leave the stage yep. and then steve would say oh yeah, just we've got just one, one more, more thing. thing. And some of those things were product categories, softwares, devices, game changing. I'm not going to do a full blown run of all the one more things because I would take away from this. But it was very, very it was a cool moment to um, to have Tim up there to, to, to properly do a one more thing, because moments like this don't come along real often um, where they, they actually did launch. For them, not for the industry, there's obviously plenty of people playing in this space, but for Apple, a whole new category, and that is AR, VR. It's their headset. I mean, we've been mm -hmm. talking about it for what feels like forever, yep. um, and it's it's a really, really big deal. The Vision Pro, I'm sorry, I should back up. So the Apple Vision Pro, there were a lot of questions about what it could or could not be. Um, the irony, we're not going to spend a ton of time on it today. We are going to do a dedicated rundown of what we know about the device yeah. here in the coming couple of weeks as we get more time to spend more time with the news around it. But we still would be remiss not to touch on this one more thing today. So Apple's Vision Pro is their what seems like infinitely long rumored entry into the AR VR space. Yep. Um, it is mixed reality, mm -hmm. meaning that you don these glasses and the mixed portion coming from you in theory could wear these and go from being in a completely isolated environment to quote unquote, making eye contact with someone. Right. And, it's very interesting the way they did it. Yes. Like a surprising <laughs> to me in the way that they did that, because, you know, everyone out there on slash dot, like we touched on earlier, <laughs> is just bad mouthing this device. Cause let's get the elephant in the room addressed here. First of all, it's $3,500 for it this is. device. It's very expensive. Um, but you know, every Apple device is anybody who thought it was going to come in for under the price of an iPhone is ridiculous. You know, yeah. no, they're not going to, they're not going to release something like this and it not have it be expensive, especially in the first generation. Um, but most most everybody out there is going, you know, even Microsoft did this first with the hollow lens or yeah, or Google Glass out, or, think. you know, like all those kind of things. This is a completely different device than those. Those augmented reality devices where you can see the world around you and it's you're getting sort of a semi transparent overlay that you can kind of interact with, but poorly up in front of yep. your face is AR 
in the way it was in the past. This is different. They're using your vision is actually blocked to the room around yes. you, but it has such a huge array of cameras and sensors on it through. that you yep. are getting a video cast at 4K. And let's touch on that too. Over 4K both, resolution on, lenses, on each yeah. eye, which is insane. I mean, that's really high resolution. I'm sure other people have resolution like that, but it feels like they're doing it very, very, well. very high I density, think- very, very small pixels. It mm-hmm. is. And again, taking that giant elephant sized price point and setting it aside because it almost doesn't matter. And I'm going to get into why it doesn't matter in a minute, but talking about the device for what it is, these are feats of engineering that deserve the recognition for what they are, because they are actually, I don't think anyone is doing quite this in a meaningful yeah, way so. in the market. Yeah. And, and and specifically not for gaming, right? This is very much a like, yeah, they, they touched like on it. Like yeah, games are there, games, but it's not, but it's, it like it's not just much, for Beat Saber. Yeah. Not yeah, like exactly. it's, Right. No, it's it's not. It is not meant for. I'm going to go buy this thing, throw it on, and and play Beat Saber or whatever the NFL game is on the PlayStation right. One or Grand Tree. Like the only giant air quotes here, compelling case. We talked about this in our Metaverse episode. The only compelling case any of us have had yet for any of the experience have been games, mm-hmm. and games that were only compelling because it was so different from everything else yeah, we've done. Not because any, not because any of them were good. I will admit, I have, I have the PlayStation VR two. Gran Turismo on the PSVR 2 is the best VR experience I've had to date. Mm. I can still poke holes in it seven ways to Sunday, but it's still an incredible experience. It's one of the only ones that I've had where it's like, this is tangibly better than any other way I could do this one thing. Yeah. This has the potential to flip that equation in an entirely different way um, for how we interact with devices and you know, people through technology and, and manipulating things in in real time, in real space, in a technologically driven way. Mm-hmm. It's hard to put to words because none of us have done it yet. And that's why I mean this being right. a new category. This isn't deciding to make a smart home display and calling that a new category. This isn't even making the iPod because MP3 players already existed. This has this has the potential, the spatial computing as they're talking about it. And this is where I'm going to make myself not go too much farther because I do want to have an entire breakdown of what this could mean because it's meaningless until we can all use it, PS, by the way. But on paper, it, there there is the potential for this to change the way some people interact with their technology. And anytime that happens, that's noteworthy or discussion worthy when apple does it yeah something special could happen whether you like them love them or hate them when they get involved in spaces like this things change yep and that's and that was the one thing that i wanted to touch on about this is everybody love out there loves to say oh my god thirty five hundred dollars i'm just gonna go buy the meta quest for 2.99 or 3.9 whatever it's priced at Mm -hmm. now and you know and, and I'm, I, you know, why would I ever pay $3,500 for that? And, you know, the reason is most people won't and, mm-hmm. and they don't expect you to, um, nope. but they don't want you to, right. But they're now in the space and I, my prediction and Cody, you and I talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit. My prediction is in the next 24 to 36 months, every one of these people, Meta, all these other companies that have had these devices out and have been doing virtual reality, augmented reality, all this kind of stuff for the last, what, 
four or five years at this point yeah. that this stuff's kind of been out and happening here and there, you know, used to be tethered to the computer. Now you're not all that kind of stuff. They, in, in 24 to 36 months, they will all be playing catch up with Apple. Mm-hmm. Apple's going to have time to iterate on this technology at least once in that time, if not twice, they're going to do whatever they need and the money to do, to throw at it. And, and honestly, the draw to bring, because guess what? Every single movie producer, music producer, content producer, the majority of them love Apple. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get, you want content, high quality content produced for something. They're going to, they're going to produce it on an Apple for Apple more often than they're going to. Bob Iger was on the stage for God's sake. Exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, Dis- yeah. Disney's going to be doing, I mean, and just that little thing that they showed, like watch Star Wars sitting at a drive-in movie on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like that's a gimmick, but that sounds like fun. And that's exactly, that's like kind of the fun. theme here of this yeah. episode is yep. Apple's bringing the fun to this. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a gimmick, but with 4k displays, like, right. Yeah. It's going to look amazing. Like yeah. it's going to look better than we've ever this, seen. This device is not meant. It is, it is intentionally priced high for a few reasons. And again, we're not going to deep dive this yet it is priced high because it has to be. This hardware is expensive. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You cannot do what they're doing for $499. Not even at set money on fire at the rate that Mark likes to. You're not, you, you can't do it. Right. Um, but if anyone could, it's Apple because they've actually have, they also have that kind of money to burn. But there's also price to it because they do not want Joe Public buying this device yet. It would crash and burn. This is meant to in ways like HoloLens get in the hands of developers, yep. but be just compelling enough that there are people out there who will be willing to throw their dollars at an early access experience at the bleeding edge of what computing might be. I won't even say could be because maybe this won't work, right? but what it could be. And there are just enough people who'd be willing to do that. Um, my, my hot take wild prediction is these will be hard to get. Now yeah. it's partially because they're going to make like eight of them, right. but also yeah. there are, there are going to be, there are not going to be lines at Best Buy because there won't be a point no. because yeah. they're not going to be there, but mm. these are going to be hard to get because they are ridiculous. They're probably, those displays have to be low yield period. It yeah. has to be difficult to make a display that small, that yeah. dense with pixels that tiny. It, it just has to be. I, these are going to be difficult to truly mass produce at scale for one, if not two generations. That's when we will see the price start to change when they, when the scale starts to enter. And also Apple also, I think one of the underlying tones here was they realize they are not going to be the ones to make the app that makes people want to go out and buy this. Mm -hmm. The developers sitting in that room are in theory and they need, that's who they need the time to get their hands on it, to make the thing where it's like, okay, maybe not at 3,500, but the day it breaches 1999 or, or even, or even sub 3000, like we will see it iterate down and down and down. People can, there's unfortunately this feeling that, well, that device doesn't matter because I would never spend that much money. It's right. not for you yet. Mm-hmm. And when right. we have it's- wholly new categories like this, it has to start somewhere else. It's never going to get made. The personal computer was not an accessible price point when it came out. 
no, it was not, especially in today's dollars when you look back. But right. I mean, one of the, one of the interesting things, and I, I can kind of see what they're working towards a little bit based on the hints, or at least what I want to try to extrapolate out from what they're talking about. But um, it, it's going to be for more people when they do exactly what they've done with what we already touched on that the MacBook Air. So eventually, they're going to release the yep. you know Vision Pro two, and at that point they're still going to have the vision pro one out to be able to purchase and they're going to knock half the price off. Right. And, you know, and then every time a new one comes out, the other technology trickles down and it kind of, you know, it gets cheaper as it goes on. And then eventually they'll have three price points. They'll have a, they'll have a vision pro or a vision mini and then the vision pro and the vision pro two. And, you know, that kind of, they'll yeah, they have several room. tiers. This is already called the pro. So they definitely right. have room. Right. They've got they room have, to bring it they down. They have yeah. a playbook for this, but yeah. the, the, the most important thing, right now is that it exists yep. yeah definitely. and because and it, i do not believe this space was ever going to get where any of us wanted it to get with right. things like the meta quest 2 yeah it, it, they did they did a feature thing that they showed on that they touched on real briefly because you can tell even on the video that they did show that it's not quite ready yet um so they talk about like being able to do facetime calls in this device so my first yep. thought was because they didn't touch on it was okay so there's no camera looking at you so is it just like your avatar up on the screen, like doing the emoji? So what you thing? have to do, I do know the answer to this. Oh, you I do too. Um, Can I yeah. guess? Yeah. Does so it eye track you, and make you, your emoji no. move? So you take it off. And you look at yourself. You have it scanned and then it, so, and then it saves your image. So you have to do it every time. But you create your, they had a word avatar. for it. They, yeah. but, but they don't want you to say avatar. They have right, persona. Know, but, That's it. Yeah. Your persona. And it saves that. So your, your, you is done from that initial scan, but then yes, then it's using inward facing sensors and whatnot to pick up on your very approximate facial expressions, things like that. Obviously can't see your whole face. Right. And that was what I was going to say. It doesn't, when they showed the video of it, you could tell it wasn't quite ready. It has the eyes, like you don't get the uncanny Valley in the eyes because of the intense eye tracking that it has. It looks really good for the eyes, but, but the mouth you can tell is like really having trouble keeping up with when the person is talking, it's doing like some definite approximation of like, you know, Muppet work on the mouth. Oh, there's some Jar Jar Binks level uncanny valley going on there in my opinion. With the mouth, which is unusual because that's usually always with the eyes, but you know, that's going to get better over time. But what I'm predicting, and we can throw this out as like the solid state prediction that Eric likes to throw out every once in a while, they're working on doing this with a full body scan. Because eventually what's going to happen is John will have his vision pro on. He'll be in his virtual office, which is also his actual office, walking around between his virtual whiteboards, working on drafting up proposals and all the things that he does. He'll be walking around with his vision pro on and Eric will be, you know, 2000 miles away and we've got a meeting and I'll hit my button with my vision pro on and my body will pop into his space and Mm -hmm. then we will be able to interact with each other's spaces and we'll have a full body there. That's going to be when it gets to the point where it's like what we saw in movies. And that's what Apple's right. working towards. They want you to right. be able to pop in and have these personal experiences with people thousands of miles away. And they'll have the cameras on it that will eventually be able to track your movement, your limbs, all that kind of yep. stuff. So it can do at least, you know, use its AI to do an approximation to get it moving smoother. And, you know, I, I can definitely see them working towards something like that. And it's generations away, but they're, well, yeah. they're working Can we just it. remember, this is all coming to us from the company that tried to sell us a $10,000 watch. Right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, uh, again, truly, like this is these things, 
have sometimes these devices have to exist for purposes other than actually being sold. Right. Again, Apple wants to make money. If that, that, that's a given. That if there's a through yep. line through history, it's that Apple wants to make money and more power to them. But there are long, they have the ability to play a longer game of chess than most companies. Yeah. Because even Meta, because it's just the obvious comparison with the Quest and the Quest 2 and the Quest 3 and the Quest Pro and all these things, they, they've been unwilling to step up and say, we're going to make the thing. It's what Microsoft tried to do. HoloLens was going down this path. HoloLens was never for you to buy, but Microsoft lost their nerve. They do that a lot. They do that a lot. And Apple has more, they're not perfect, but they have more of a propensity for saying, this is our multi-year play. This is where we're going to take our hits. This is what we have to do to get it out there, to, to create something that doesn't exist for the thing that will exist, that people will line up outside of Best Buy to get their hands on. Yeah. So like though those are you know the beginnings of those experiences. So again, more to come on Vision Pro. There's so much we could talk about the choices because they were all choices and some good, yeah. some bad, some ugly. You know where is where does the battery live? How much is it weigh? What's it made out of? Like these are all things I want to spend so much more time on. And but the good news is also we've got months to do so because early air quotes 2024 is when this is expected to become a you know consumer reality. We're obviously going to learn much more about it between now and then. Um, but this is not a going concern in the next 30 days either, not by a long shot. Yeah. So, um, so, so much more to happen there. My last hot take that I did want to throw out there in the event that, you know, <laughs> someone else says it, I want to go on record as saying it as early as I could. I have a conspiracy theory about this, that the mere existence of the Vision Pro is the, and this is not meant to be apologetics, it still irritates me, by the way, that Apple has not given two craps about making monitors for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's very they true. Just, they just haven't. Yeah. The monitors they sell are what parts do we have that we can throw into a you know metal chassis and sell for too much money? They have seeded the monitor space, and I firmly believe that there's some meeting where it's like, you know, what if we just didn't need monitors? Well, what do you mean? Well, what if? And then we have this thing like. Because so much of their presentation was about, look at this room full of digital monitors you could be yep, surrounded yeah, by can make all the, the time. As, you can put yourself in another location and make the screen as big as you, big want. As you want. The size of the world. That kind of, yeah, it's like yep. they're really leaning into, so, you know, you can have whatever size monitor you yeah. want. So that's my hot take conspiracy theory is the atrocious condition of Apple's first party monitor offerings over the last decade has been because they're like, you know, we're just going to not make monitors and make virtual ones <laughs> that's right so i guess on that oversized bombshell that is where we are desperately going to wrap this one up because it's been a long one there's so much more we want to talk about going to talk about we're going to be getting hands-on with betas of all the software that we talked about we're going to be getting hands-on with some some of the hardware that we talked about <laughs> um no promises yet on vision pro we'll see no there's there's a lot i want to talk about that in the future, in the coming future, just because I do think anytime a new category starts to actually take shape, it's noteworthy. When Apple does it, it's a story. It just is. Yeah. Again, whether you like them, love them, or hate them, this, it is a story. Um, they're going to make this is going to evolve, whether it's because of something they did or because of a chain reaction that they started. But yep. regardless, something just happened that we got to experience yesterday. So. That always excites me regardless. Yeah, it'll of the be outcome. interesting to see where it takes us.
Oh, definitely. That's it. Well, on that, anything you guys have to wrap us up? I don't think so. Mm-mm. Just uh, like, subscribe. There you go. <laughs> Go out Listen. there, go start updating all your device. I guess I should have mentioned too, you do, you no longer have to jump in on the developer betas anymore. Um, there is public betas of a lot of these softwares expected to be hitting in July. So uh, early July, they tend to lag you know, one to three weeks behind uh, the Apple, I'm sorry, the developer cadence. So watch out for that. If it's something you are uh, interested in trying, just remember if they are betas, things will break. So uh, on that, yeah. we will wrap it up and catch you next time. Later. Bye.